You're listening to The Big Possible Show with your host, Noah Scott. It's time to break through the limits and achieve all you can imagine. All you can imagine. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing on with yet another incredible guest. Today, we have Solon Teal on the show. Solon is a startup founder. He's a social experience designer, writer on digital hospitality and fractional growth, community, and a product operator for companies building the unknown. He's also a dad and a remote worker, as well as a gourmet cook. And he's also someone who sees the opportunities getting bigger and bigger for creative ways of bringing humans together, both in real life and URL. What's URL mean? Online. So it's, you know, we got IRL and URL. I don't know. It's one of those things I think tech is uh, is trying to make happen. I'm not sure if it's happening yet. So we're trying out here. Well, maybe this sh- on this show, this is where it's going to stick. <laughs> yeah. So, so exactly. Thanks for, thanks for being on hey, the show. Hey, no, great to see you. I, I'm really good. Uh, yeah, I've been looking forward to this uh, for a bit. Uh, just all sorts of thoughts, and yeah, excited to see where it goes. Likewise, you know, and as we we've had a we've had a chat in the past, and just like I've also been really looking forward to this because you bring so much. Um, we both work in a similar field, which is human connection, experience design, but you have a different approach and a different expertise, and so this is why I think today we're going to get some really epic conversation flowing. Um, so Solon, take a minute just outside of that bio, just uh, share a little bit about who you are and what you do. What would you say is your your superpower? Yeah, it's always a hard question, but maybe who I am is I'm a generalist. Uh, someone once said the, I think the off-quoted quote, especially now when I think generalists are becoming more common, is not all wanderers are lost. And I've wandered from a, a bunch of different things. You know, I've worked all like across the tech stack, if you will, like, you know, venture capital, startup founder, big tech, all these different things. But then also I love the soulful humanity side. So I'm a bit of a paradox, I feel in many ways, which is, it's almost why I think, you know, our discussion on like how we see bringing together differently. I think all of those like paradoxical experiences I've had this lead to this new way of bringing others together. So I'm a, I'm a paradox, but I'm, I'm someone who generally, genuinely loves people, but also thinks there's a technical way to bring together people more effectively. I love that. I love that. And, you know, it's it's so fascinating because, you know, also as a fellow generalist, um, there's a great book by, um, I believe it's David Epstein. Uh, it's called the, it's called Range. And it talks about the traditional yeah. school of thought is that you have to be a specialist, you have to be really good. And then there's this like class of people that are just generalists and that doesn't necessarily make them worse it just means that we have a broader range of expertise and it might take us a little longer to find the thing that we excel at so i think that book is the generalist bible (laughs) i love that book like the range i think like a lot of us have read that and there's also like the extra level if i can add is like integrators right i think so many people are just like well i'm a generalist but generalists like become integrators and that's when the most interesting things happen because you have a wide range of experience that create something completely new that isn't really duplicatable. So that's always fascinating as well. Totally, totally. It's it, there's a level of 
synergy when you can connect all the dots in a, in a different way. And, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Solon, I'd love to hear, you know, as this is the big possible show, you know, through your process of experimentation, adventuring all the different startup fields, there's had to have been a story of a time that you were faced with a big risk. Uh, maybe you were pushing yourself to do something that you thought was impossible. Take us to that story. What was going through your head at the time? And, and what was the end result? I think so having done enough early stage work, I feel like I've gotten very used to just living in the state of constant uh, risk or just like uncertainty uh, and very unstable grounds. Uh, but I do think there's like one really, one more recent story, which is I was uh, in a relationship with my most recent startup. And actually like the biggest risk was that we, my co-founder and I, got along i think very well as humans but we just had a different vision and i think there's like there's always this really big risk of what if i stop something that i thought was going to be huge and it becomes huge but i'm not a part of it and, and i say this because i ended up leaving this company and like you know all like all good feelings to my co-founder all good things to the, the company right now but i feel like there's often like we just have this perception of risk of if I leave now when like, I thought this thing was going to be amazing, I'm going to lose everything. And I got to say is like, after leaving, my mind's more clear. I'm way more optimistic. Like all these things are happening. And so I think there's like the self-imposed risk of, oh no, like this thing was supposed to be this other thing and it's not, ah, what am I going to do? And that change in risk of just be like, oh, like the riskiest thing is actually to not follow my gut, to not follow my instincts and be like, actually move in this other direction. It's always such a release, I think, when you just identify the difference between like mental risk and intuitive, almost spiritual risk, for lack of a better, mm. right? Where it's like, if I don't make this decision, my gut's going to feel just way off. And maybe my mind's okay, can rationalize, but just it's finding alignment, I think is so challenging <laughs> that for me, it's like, this is a thing I'm always doing where I'm like, oh, this thing is so risky. What if I stop? But actually, it's like, no, it's more risky to not stop. So that's wow. that was probably my most recent experience that I had. Wow. So I wanna I wanna continue hearing a little bit more about mm -hmm. that because it's so unique. Most of the time when when someone's on the show, they're usually talking about starting something or taking on a a new project or moving somewhere new. And it's very yeah. rare that we hear the the story of letting go of something because we it's like a toxic relationship. The the oh the fear God. of 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 letting go of this relationship is so palpable and so strong that people stay in these committed relationships because they're afraid that if they let go, maybe things are going to turn out better or that they're going to miss out on a big opportunity. And, you know, so what was, you know, and you talked about the liberating feeling of, of release and clarity. Mm. What was the, I think, what was the final straw in terms of you discovering that this wasn't right for you anymore? I mean, I'm remembering back. It was just like, straight up misery <laughs> like i was miserable like what was i doing like it was like the way i sometimes describe it is like my i i tend to be like a pretty rational person but when i'm doing something that's wrong i feel like my intuition just like starts napalming you know i just it's like something's wrong like burn everything down like i feel terrible and i think for me really it's like this last straw was i was like what am i doing and also this thing that I thought imagined was fake. It was almost like an idol. 
and I don't want to have too much of a tangent, but I feel like, so I've done some meditation retreats, like 10 day silent meditation retreats. And there's this one story that's shared every meditation retreat that I always find really interesting, which is all about how we worship idols of ourselves and others. And like my view of myself is all imaginary. Your view of yourself is like, we just kind of create these stories about ourselves. And I realized like I created this story that this company had to be go a certain way. My partnership had to go a certain way. Like my life had to go a certain way. And I was like, I'm not, none of those things are happening. I need a change <laughs> because mm -hmm. it's like, I'm living a delusion. And it was like a one thing I'm like, whoa, like I'm taking crazy pills. <laughs> what is, this world is not accurate. And I think there was just like that, that, that moment. And like, you know, you know, when you feel it. And I think you can just like, you can rationalize it. But I think you just know, one just knows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's, 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 fa it's fascinating that you also, I feel like as a, as a generalist, as a fellow generalist, there's an ability to jump ships and you have the courage to let go of things yeah. a little easier than someone who has put all of their eggs in one basket, for example. And then once that basket doesn't work, it's like, okay, I, I, I have no idea how to adapt in a new environment. So what, is, what are some of the things that you found, you know, particularly helpful when starting something new, when, you know, maybe yeah. you, you've made the decision, this isn't, this isn't the right path. So let me venture out into something new. What do you, what do you typically apply like a framework or a process or just the, the the overall mindset when approaching something brand new and one of the most important things that we always forget is how time is the most valuable resource and it's it really is and i like you know kind of once now that i have a toddler i'm like there is no time for very like this time is so precious and i think we always forget when starting something new and even me is just it's the time that you spend thinking about something, the time that you spend kind of in your mind is time that, you know, it's almost wasted, it's valuable design time, but like you aren't actually validating, you aren't actually proving it outside there in the world. Uh, but that furthermore is, you know, sometimes like, especially when you're starting new, it's like important to know what the commitment to that thing is. And I like, I work with start founders, entrepreneurs all the time, and there's a degree of when you're working on something, I mean, you know this, no, like if you're starting something new, it like takes over your life and mm -hmm. like you can, you can find a balance, right? But it's going to take over whatever part of your life you let it take over. And that's a cost that I, I do think there is value in having started something new a few times is that you start realizing the important, like what that means, <laughs> like what it means mm -hmm. to have something take over your life, in which case you can like start creating you know, you make sure, oh, I'm running every day, no matter what, like every other day, no matter what at this time, you know, it's just like scheduling. It's like you create the discipline because ideas are outside, like new ideas come outside of us and then they start taking us over and we become an extension of this, this company, this, uh, this idea. And we start losing our autonomy a bit. So we have to build those processes to protect ourselves as well. Beautifully said. Yes. And, and the, the urgency of time, and I love how it becomes more clear now that you have the responsibility of an extra mouth to feed. It's, it, it really makes you question, okay, what are the things that I really want to spend my time on versus the things that, that don't. And so I, I'd like to now just kind of bring it to the next phase of the question with that same idea of what do you, as, as a person, what do you find the best ways to spend your time? What do you truly value in, 
in the areas in which your life that, okay, if you had all the time in the world, what would you be doing? I think optimizing for optimizing. It's, it's funny. Like I, I switch gears all the time from like tech speak, like hype for optimize and like trying to live a soulful life. I think prioritizing presence. Uh, and by that, it's being aware of what you're doing and the why and aligning those things throughout the day is such a valuable approach. And it's, I'm not saying like, you know, asking why, why, like questioning everything you do, but things are a bit easier if there's like an overall story of a thread of like, oh, like I'm a person that really, like I'm a person, I soul and like love people. So like some of the things, like one of the things I'm just going to prioritize as much as possible is I want to be sure I'm like staying in touch with people I know, like, like almost like a mantra, like, am I like reaching out to friends? Have I talked with them recently? Like that's, that's my style, but it's like, that's like the very kind of authentic to me. That's when I feel like most like kind of connected with the world mm -hmm. around me. And so I, I just, when I say presence, it's just like, you know, who am I? Like, what do I care about? Because I don't, I would love to be rich, but I don't really care about wealth creation. I care about like social creation, community creation. Obviously, I got to pay the bills, which is like a stress, but it's like, hey, like, what are my priorities? And so I think just like making sure kind of what do I want to leave my the world with, but also like, how do I want to live my life? That's why I say presence, because I think if you're present, you just like can live more naturally with your own vibes, which yes. is my goal. I think that's all of our goals. It's like we just want to kind of align to our nature and nurture in a good way and then see where the adventure takes us. Absolutely. Yeah. We look behind us, there's an infinity of past and ahead of us, there's an infinity of future. And it's really just being able to be here in the now is, is the name of the game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you're touching a little bit on, on community and connection. And I, I'd like to hear your take on how that, how that relates to entrepreneurship in general, because I, I, that's a big part of your you know, who you're hanging out with, yeah. the the involvement in, in the tech space, the involvement with fellow entrepreneurs. So what does community have to do, in your opinion, with with success in business, with success uh, overall in general? Honestly, the more the more I work with early state, like with people who want to start companies, it's everything. And I'm working with this company that I'm super jazzed about right now. It's called Builders and Backers. Uh, but basically, they're working with people who want to start companies within the heartland of the United States. And one of the things I just I see all the time is the people who are furthest along in their idea have the most robust communities. And I think in many ways, just like oh, given my experience, and this is like reflection, like I'm getting some real time because I'm working with these people right now. There's this degree of if you can talk about these crazy ideas that we have, like if you have permission to offer, hey, be like, hey, we've all done, we've all turned to the right. What if we all turn to the left? Being able to say that without being laughed at <laughs> is sometimes harder than you think. But then also being able to say like, hey, I think we should turn to the left. But then like left is almost never the right answer. It's somewhere like the answer is somewhere between right and left. You know, it's like usually our first guess is not right, but we want to refine it. And that's where community is so helpful is like, hey, like I have an idea. I share it with you. You're like, interesting, stolen, but how about this? And then all of a sudden, like, oh, no, it's absolutely right. And like we were refining, refining. And if you can't have that like low stakes, what I call like low stakes, low transactional space, because we don't really have that anymore. It's just like this like chill, like, hey, I have an idea. Like, 
we're going to riff instead of be like, oh, I'm meeting you. I'm trying to form a connection. Like those things aren't community. It's just like people we can just share thoughts with, share new ideas with. That, that's really everything in terms of, you know, that necessary environment, the, you know, the, the stew for new things to come about. So I think community is almost everything. And really, it's just like, can I bounce my ideas off of you? Get non-judgment and some collaboration with also with also without expecting me to pay you or giving you stock. It's just it's like friendly. And it's all friendly. That's 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 essential to get new things off the ground, I think. Yeah. Imagine if we had to pay stock for every every time we had a conversation. Mm -hmm. Boy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So so Solid, how does um, you know, how do you see the future with tech playing out in in all of this? Because the you know, as somebody who I, I personally just vibe off of in-person relationships and I, yeah. I struggle, main, I struggle diving into the virtual space. I, tr I struggle to uh, maintain connections with social media. I struggle with all of that, but the, the, the times are changing and we're definitely developing different ways of approaching community through, through virtual discord is, is one of the, one of them. I think, you know, social is changing and evolving. Um, you know, as somebody who's, you know, an expert in the space, what would you say is in store for us in the future? Uh, I think what we, I think the thing that we're waiting for is yet to be built, first of all. And I kind of have already see tech as trends. Uh, I see the last however long as being really dominated by, you know, for lack of a better term, humans who have a highly technical perspective like a like a hyper rational perspective and i you know this isn't to i think like paint everyone but this is like tell the store right it's like hey we have like hyper rational tech to date and i see this opportunity of like a much more artistic driven technology like i think there are already instances of people creating like more art you know you say what you want about nfts like you know web3 but like hey like art is now a lexicon online but like no one like you look at facebook like facebook is not art it's like it's just like it's it's information arranged as efficiently as possible it's not art and honestly i think this is where i'm so excited is i think we've gotten to the point of a lot of technology has is slowly being less and less abstracted so normal like no code like normal people can build applications and already, like even something I'm working on where I'm just like, oh, I don't have an engineer or someone who is like a different mindset than me telling me like, ooh, I don't agree. Like, let's not build that. Like, I can just build the thing. And like, that's required for any art. Like an artist is just like, this one blue is the only blue that works. Right. Versus an engineer. And this, again, pure stereotypes. But like an engineer is like, look, like this blue is good enough, isn't it? But an artist is like, no, only this blue. And I think it's like only being so dedicated to that blue that we start getting these really interesting opportunities of, and like we're to that point where I think artists like normal people, not normal people, like non-technical people can start being like, I want this blue. And you can start creating different social experiences. Like we're, we're ways off, but I do think there is like, there are ways to have social experiences beyond just Facebook, Instagram. And totally. we're just, we're just scratching the surface because technology is now being, I can create my own app now. That's pretty wild. No matter who you are, you can create your own app within like less than a day. Is it a good app? Who knows, but you can create it. And that's, that's awesome. That's so incredible. Yeah. And so what are some of the things that you're, that you're currently sort of uh, going all in on with, in respects to just work projects in respects to your own entrepreneurial ventures? 
Yeah, well, so one thing is I'm, I'm building this uh, club I'm calling Skitsits. Uh, it's SCT.XYZ. Uh, and really, it's a testing ground for this idea of what digital hospitality means. Uh, and it's a whole thing, but, but I think really foundationally is this idea of we need more digital parties, in my view. And when I say like a party, it's like, imagine a health party where I invite all of my people. I'm the host. I've arranged that party in a particular way. There are rooms with food and other activities you can do. But I've created, I'm creating this space for others to interact in a freewheeling way. I think that's a really big opportunity because there's no group space really for that. Uh, and so I'm creating something that is more immersive like that. So that's, I'm pretty all in on that right now. And I, it's, it's in the works, sct.xyz, if you want to get on the waiting list, really that's, that's probably one of the biggest areas that I'm, I'm pretty pumped about. I love that. I, I just love the, I love the idea of bringing, a, uh, creating a space for people to gather. Yeah. And, you know, as, as a fellow experienced designer and, and just kind of, I, I geek out on on what makes a great collaboration of, of of humans coming together. What are the components you think that that make something memorable, impactful, mm. and experienceful, or like the experience actually rewarding versus a dud? I do think that it is different online versus offline, URL versus IRL. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, but I think that like in person, I think it's all about the energy of the host as in like, are you bringing, are you creating that like high energy, like people, we just sense energy when we're in person. I think online, it's much more of the experience starts with the invite and like setting up expectations, like from the very first time anyone hears, it's like, like online is almost like more formulaic. Offline is more art right now. And I think that's just like, you know, experiences are with invites, bring the energy, uh, make sure that the guest list is both purposeful, but also diverse. I mean, it's like kind of this, like, you know, like experience science, like a balancing act of like 50 different things. Then I think it's really just balanced, but then also making sure you have purpose. And this is where you probably read uh, Priya Parker's Art of Gathering. Yes. I think everyone should be reading that, but it's like, what is your purpose? You got to have that, but also online, it's like, you got to have a really, really clear purpose because to other than that, like you're just on a call and it's all pointless. Totally. Totally. Yes. Shared intentions, uh, common, common sort of different ideas coming together, but all, so there's not just cacophony of, of, uh, of disparate conversations, a central purpose. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I would, I would say it's too, it's, the group matters. And this is where I think it always becomes tricky where a lot of our experiences right now are with people that we work with, which is a very different dynamic than people that we're close with. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a very different dynamic from people with, we're strangers with. And I think just remembering the context and the people that we're designing for always has radical different because there's a degree of consent. Like if I'm with people with work, like I might not want to be necessarily as open or other CEOs, right? But, you know, with friends, I want to be as open as possible or maybe not because it's been a while. Like so there's always these different dynamics. Just we got, we want to be taking into account. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. So as we're working towards wrapping up, I'm going to, I'm going to close out with my, one of my favorite questions, which is about decision-making because uh, the end of the day, all of our big dreams are built on actions and all the actions we take are built on the decisions we make. 
So do you have a process that you found particularly helpful when making a big decision or even a small day-to-day -day decision? I think pausing as much as possible uh, before making this decision as decisively as possible is a very good approach. Uh, and by that, it's knowing knowing the why, I think, for any decision. Like I mentioned before, it's like knowing the why makes everything much easier. Uh, I do think there is this, like, this approach, which I always find useful, of just like playing out like what does the success look like? And then mm -hmm. a lot and be like, oh, is that success? Like if I take this path, I think Amazon or like even New York Times, like it's like, well, what would happen? Like, what's the press release? I think Amazon has this approach, but like what write the press release of this product before it's launched. I think that's an interesting concept. Like, hey, like I'm taking this decision. Well, you know, what do I want to look back on in this chapter of my life? Like, what's like why am I doing that? And then everything becomes much more clear and effective in terms of why you're doing that. I love that. But write the press release, press release and see what you think about the outcome. I love that. Yes. Pause. Pause. Yeah. Or maybe important. the tweet. You know, maybe the tweet, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, beautiful. Solana, this has been epic to to have you on the show and just and just share your perspectives. Um, how do we support you? How do we stay in touch? Uh yeah, so probably best way is just follow me along follow me on Twitter, uh at Solon Teal. And you know, I'm always happy to talk with anyone and go from there. Awesome, Solon. Thank you so much, brother. That's it for this episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing out to let you know I appreciate you for being here. Of course, if you enjoyed the episode and want to share some feedback, visit Apple and drop a review. That review will help other people find the show, and it also gives me a signal that, hey, people are out there listening. And with that, may the rest of your day be filled with epic adventures. And I'll see you right here for the next episode.